Hey, what's up? My name is DeAndra Kiera, and you are tuned in to an all-new episode of Just Let It Go Podcast. Episode, I think, 103. Like, y'all, it's given. Like, when we get to, like, 200, I'm, I feel like we're going to have to have a party. But um, we're going to press on. Also, just want to send y'all a reminder that the glow up challenge will start this upcoming week october 1st 2023 um i can't wait to start it with you guys i just want to go over the rules again and some of the guidelines and explain it just a little bit um so the glow up challenge is a 31 day challenge just so that you can reach your higher self opening up a new glow up and find like peace in the smallest ways um Oh, it's 102. No, Eric is 103. Last week was 102. You're trying to argue with me while I'm talking about the glow-up challenge. This is why we're having a glow-up challenge, so people won't uh, test you. So that when November 1st come, your spirit will be aligned and you will feel good. You know, your producer won't be hyping wrong. But rewind let's start it over the glow up challenge is starting october 1st to october 31st um it's a 31 day challenge again we'll just are trying to reach a new glow up working on our higher self working on our inner selves so that our outer selves feel good about it too so one of the first things is to try to refrain from utilizing social networking like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or X is it called? TikTok, you know, Facebook, anything like that. Like, try to refrain from that within the first hour. And I say that because you don't want you to feed your mind with a bunch of negativity. And I remember last year um, when Takeoff passed away, the first thing I did that morning, I went to sleep early Halloween night. Like, I was tired. I went to sleep before midnight. When I woke up at like six in the morning, I turned my alarm on. First thing, I checked my text messages, ain't see nothing. You know, phone be dried in the bitch. And I got on Instagram and I saw like that he passed away. And that instantly changed my mood. I was instantly sad. I felt sorrow. And, you know, not saying that I wouldn't feel that way had I seen it an hour later. But when that first moment when you wake up, Wake up to something positive. Wake up to something that makes you feel good. Wake up to joy and, um, you know, something. Like, let's just stay away from, like, anything negative, anything weird, anything that would upset your spirit. So that's why I say an hour. Wait an hour, at least, to get on social media. Um, Also, start your day off listening to something positive. Like, if you're getting dressed, getting ready, throw on that positive playlist. I'm going to make a playlist of songs that I really like and some songs that was suggested to you guys that I feel like can brighten a mood and make you feel good. So I'm going to make a playlist on Tidal and Apple Music. Um, I don't use Spotify, but if y'all really use Spotify and y'all really want me to make it on there, I'll make it on there. Um, but yeah, I'll make it on those two just to make you, you know, some good, feel good music. Also, um, listen to a gospel playlist, listen to a positive podcast, listen, um, I also like YouTube affirmations, 
So I like to get in the shower, get dressed, and listen to like different affirmations based off of how I feel that day. Like if I want to attract money, I'm gonna listen to affirmations and repeat affirmations on from like a YouTube video. So if y'all want the links for stuff like that, let me know. I have no problem adding it to the Instagram story so that I can link it and y'all can find it. Um, and I can make a playlist, a YouTube playlist as well of the different things I listen to, like affirmation wise or guided meditation. And again, that's also a part of it. Guided meditation is good or a podcast, um, audio book, like anything that could just like uplift you, make you feel good. Um, to start your day before you even go out and to go to work, talk to people or whatever. Um, three, I say body, move, move your body about three to four times a week to gain endorphins. I don't know about y'all, but I never regretted um, moving my body, working out, however it is, whether it's a walk, whether it's, you know, hopping on a treadmill, Stairmaster, whether it's going to a class, whether it's stretching, yoga, whatever it is that makes you physically get up and move is going to help you feel good, make your body feel good, help release that anxiety, that stress that you have bottled up, even if it's something like little baby I'm not telling y'all to run out and power you know and jog if you don't jog just walk walk around your neighborhood if it's safe enough walk around walk around a track go on YouTube stretch it out for 30 minutes do some uh yoga for 30 do whatever it is just move your body for 30 minutes at least and just see how you feel how your spirit feels how good you'll feel um, just do it to your body limitations. Um, and read a book that challenges your thought process. Now, this part is interesting. I'm big on reading and I say read because I feel like a lot of the time we are, everything for us is instant. It's instant TV, instant TikToks, instant everything. Like we watch everything. We have so much screen time. And one of my things is always reading. And I had a talk with one of my friends and she was just, and I had this sentiment last year where I wanted to change. Um, I just felt like I didn't have a hobby for some time. And she built a hobby around reading. Like she used to love to read or just feeling like she she wanted to increase her, her vocabulary. So like that's, it's a lot of good things to read. You can always find a lesson in every single thing. Like it does not have to be a self-help book. I do have those for anybody that want to read self-help books. But if you just somebody that's like, I never read books, I want to start reading, and you pick up the coldest winner ever, bitch, read the coldest winner ever, is lessons in it that you can learn. You know, whatever it is, it's vocabulary in there you can learn. There's history. These are historical fictions. You can learn something from here. You know, you can gain knowledge, whatever it is, just read something, something that pulls you in and sparks your interest. I am not about that respectability politics where I feel like everybody got real read Zora Neale Hurston. You don't have to, you don't have to do it. Just read a book, a Bible, a book, something that challenges your thought process. So if you are somebody that thinks reading is boring, pick up a good ass book, pick pick up a suggested book and just see if that changes your way about thinking. If you are someone like me who I've had some, self-help books that I was supposed to read a long time ago and I never had a chance to read it because I think they're boring 
But I feel like there's lessons in it, right? So I'm probably going to read Bell Hooks All About Love because um, I have read er excerpts from it and I really, really liked it. Um, And I want to just go ahead and get myself together and grow. And lastly is journaling throughout the challenge. Now, I'm not saying you have to journal every day. For me, journaling is very... Um, spiritual and emotional and everybody don't have the time every day to bear their souls but if you um just a few times throughout the challenge right how you're feeling that day how you've been feeling lately um changes to your mood changes to your body um any write down some manifestations you may have for the next month for the next year for the next few years um write down something positive about yourself like something that you absolutely love about yourself. Like we always talk about shadow work and we're talking about the bad parts, but no, like brag about yourself, write about something great, something that like your characteristic that nobody else has is just uniquely you. Like just write, like brag on you. Like we always talk about like our stressors, our pains, our worries and stuff, but like we don't really write about like the good shit. Like write about that good shit. If you good at shit at bacon, Talk about that tiramisu you made, like whatever it is, like brag on yourself. So that's the Glow Up Challenge. I hope you all join. Again, if you want to learn more about it, follow us on Instagram at JST Let It Glow. Um, I'll be going live Sunday, October 1st, probably around eight o'clock-ish because Real Housewives is not on. So probably like around eight o'clock we'll talk. And I'll go into details about it and we'll get some suggestions from you guys. So definitely join eight o'clock this Sunday on Just Let It Go Instagram page. And yeah, and bring your suggestions, bring the vibes. So let's get into the show. Baby, when I say, I know I said this before on the show, Philly is fucking Gotham. Like Philly is such an unhinged city where it's like nothing makes sense but somehow it's just so normal here like none of the shit in the city ever makes sense like there's so many levels in which I could just talk but like this city like let's say for instance we have recycling right and you can get fined for not recycling but we don't have a recycling plant all the trash and recycling goes to the same damn place like what the fuck like stupid shit like people don't even own a house renting will fucking put a cone on street parking and literally think that when they left for work that morning that parking spot gonna be there and like nobody won't move their cone like i literally was with my sister and we was driving through um like North Philly, but it was kind of that gentrified part of like North Philly, like going into Liber- Northern Liberties. This guy held us up because he didn't even want to move all the way out his spot before putting a cone. He must have thought we were trying to take the parking spot. Like sick, 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 sick. This past um, week, um, Monday, I believe Monday, no, yesterday. It was Tuesday, Tuesday, no, um, September twenty sixth. Um, a jury found a police officer that killed a young, an unarmed young man on camera 
not guilty for the murder. And um, I didn't even know this occurred. Like, to be honest, I didn't even know this happened. Um, very, very sorry to that family. I didn't, I had no idea that this happened. It was, I, I, I don't know. I don't watch the news too much, you know, like if it just doesn't come across me or somebody don't tell me a lot of times I stay away from the news just because like I said earlier, it's just so much sorrow and stuff like that. Like I kind of have to like remove myself from the way these things are. And because when I was watching the news, I was arguing with people all the time. So I just, you know, I don't want to debate with people and I don't want to like see myself. I don't have cable. So I don't be watching TV like that. All these excuses for why the fuck I don't watch news. You know, I just don't watch the shit. How about that? But um, I didn't even know that happened. And therefore, people decided to loot the city and or like riot or whatever in retaliation to the police officer getting off for murdering this young man on camera while he was unarmed. And to me, you know... I ain't about to be on here talking about respectability politics. This ain't it. I ain't about to go into that while people shouldn't loot. I'm not even talking about all of that. It's the fact that I'm not going to talk about why you shouldn't. People just shouldn't do shit. That's period. Like, if you feel like people shouldn't loot, they shouldn't fucking loot. If you feel like, oh, well, fuck it. They don't give a fuck about this city any fucking way. Loot that shit. Then that's how you feel. Me personally, I'm just all about like, if you're going to commit a crime, Try not to document it. Try not to show your face, especially to be on live, Instagram live, while everything is showing the location of where you are with thousands of people on the live. Like, we have to think smarter and not harder. And while I think that they're trying to use, um, so a social media star, her name is Deja, but her nickname is Meatball. She's from Philly. Very funny girl. I think that she's hilarious. I think that, you know, she, you know, I find her funny. I posted her a couple of times because I think she's funny as shit. Um, she was, uh, on live streaming the riots and the looting and all of that shit. And she had thousands of followers, um, watching it, like about 10, 10,000 people were on the live watching this stuff. And the police pulled her and her friends over and she just got booked. Me personally, I hope they release her Cause I feel like you can't, she didn't have any um I don't think she had any merchandise on her like I didn't see her physically actually loot um I think she was just documenting it they're trying to charge her with inciting a riot I don't think she incited the riot I think motherfuckers was going to do what they wanted to do and she just happened to be out there and we'll get into that later um so I didn't I, I don't think they'll actually hold her I think they were just arresting everybody that was there that they can grab and Honestly, you can tell she's not a criminal because criminals would have kept going because it was so much people out there, but they actually like pulled over for the cops. Like, not giving no ideas, not giving no ideas, not giving no ideas. But I'm just saying, like, you can tell, like, she's not like about that, you know? Um, but yeah, they arrested her, you know, 
people are talking about it on social media about how you know it wasn't smart to record it or that people shouldn't loot. I just think that it's not bright to record yourself committing any crime, but people do it every day. What I don't want to see happen is that they try to use her as an example when when in fact this nigga didn't even go to jail for murdering somebody at his job for no reason. And I think that is the bigger issue here. That, again, in a city like this one, where people are dying by gun violence from their neighbors, from their friends, from their peers, from the people in their community, you know, and there's a real poverty issue here. And there's a lot of education and everything else is going on. And guns are so easily accessible that in a city like this one where our murder rates are already astronomical, the things that are happening in this city is ridiculous. To have a fucking cop shoot somebody unarmed on camera and get away with it is basically you are giving a green light to these people to do whatever the fuck they want to do. Because at this point, it seems like you can only kill people if you got a badge. You can get away with killing people if you got a badge. That's how it looks to those people in the street. So they don't give a fuck. They don't care. That's not the way. Like, y'all keep having these conversations of, how do we reduce gun violence? How do we reduce gun violence in the city? How do we do this? You don't do it by letting a fucking police officer officer get away from murdering an unarmed teenager on camera where you can clearly see what happened i didn't watch it because i told y'all i'm not watching it, those type of videos no more i'm not creating trauma for myself i'll just read the excerpts they said the shit is on camera you can blatantly see him on camera i'm gonna go with what was said because i don't feel like i need to have a first person's point of view about that shit so when i say like you're so y'all are so hyped to arrest these kids for fucking up the city they gonna do that anyway any other time y'all don't give a shit when they breaking into people cars these kids have been fucking stealing kids for the last fucking two years and all y'all do is just pick up tell people where they car where they can find their car Y'all have yet to figure out who these motherfucking kids is that's stealing these people kids y'all just telling the city not to leave um their chargers in their car like these kids ain't got chargers anyway like it's so much other shit y'all sit here and be on alany why it's a whole bunch of bro alany with a whole bunch of shit going on and don't say nothing but now y'all see people looting motherfuckers but i i tell you all the time i got fucking robbed when I was like 20, 21, I was 21. I had just turned 21. Somebody stole my iPhone 4. Fucking snatched it, ran, da 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 da. I made a police report. My cousin found my location for it. You know, the cops said I couldn't go get it. That I would be in violation if I went and go got my, get my phone because they don't know for sure if that's real, if that's a legit place. That if I showed up with, that I can't show up with the cops. And that if I show up without the cops and something happens because I went to their residence, that I could go to jail. So yeah, miss me with that shit. 
just for a fucking temple student a month later get her fucking macbook snatched on a train and they made this like citywide news about how this girl got her macbook snatched but when my black ass got my fucking phone snatched y'all ain't give a shit an iphone costs just as much as a macbook if not i'm fucking more but don't nobody give a fuck about black people in the city when things happen to us you gotta wait for it to happen to the students because mind you i was in college at the time you know i just was a black bitch from philly in college i wasn't you know sarah from wisconsin coming to temple university with a fucking macbook sitting out on a subway where it smelled like piss and shit and homeless people running back and forth running the fucking muck and i unknowingly just typing on my macbook I answered the fucking phone call and got my shit snatched. And I was just told, you know, you got to be careful. But if you go get your phone, you can't, you know, you'll be in violation and you'll be, you'll actually probably get in trouble. But you want to act like, like, just like y'all want to act like y'all give a fuck about these people stealing. Y'all don't give a shit about these people stealing. These kids fucking still all fucking day. The city is full of fucking scammers. People rob shit every day in this motherfucker and y'all don't do shit. Don't wait until it's all looting after. Y'all knew what was going to happen when y'all let that motherfucker off. Because if the city did this shit for, for during George Floyd, they did this during George Floyd. George Floyd not even from the city. Then y'all talk about inciting riots. But when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, y'all do nothing. They fucking broke the awning at the Bellevue Hotel. They were on people's cars, fucking up people's cars. Y'all did nothing. Why? Because they were celebrating the fucking Eagles going to the fucking Super Bowl. And y'all were prepared for that when the Eagles, if the Eagles would have won the Super Bowl, y'all were prepared again for Broad Street to show their fucking ass. For everybody to go on Broad Street and show their ass. But y'all are scared because these kids are fucking looting wine and spirits and fucking Lululemon in the liquor store. They also, I don't know if y'all from Philly or Pennsylvania, our liquor stores are state run. That's why they be mad. That state money not being allocated. Like, it's, they basically, when you steal from the liquor store here, you're stealing from the government, basically. Because our liquor stores are state run. So, there's that. If y'all ever wanted to know like you like i know like when people from other cities be like oh there's a liquor store on every corner that ain't how it is here i'll uh due to prohibition our liquor stores are still state run go fucking figure but yeah this city is a fucking wreck <laughs> some days like the way that's why i say it's like i can never be one way because in one way i think like why would y'all record yourselves stealing that's what my brain is it's like why were y'all live with y'all faces showing telling people your location why y'all were robbing people looting these stories is stupid but if anybody got some bundles you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying no that's all i'm gonna say all right so more performative actions so I was out during this time when it happened, but I'm going to just give y'all a little refresher. So on Love & Hip Hop this season, Spice and Erica Mena, um got into an argument due to 
some bullshit. Basically, what happened, they was arguing. Uh, Spice mentioned Erica Mena's kid, not liking her, hating her. Erica Mena went off, cussed at us. They were cussing each other out. She called Spice a blue monkey and then continued to make monkey noises and um, told Spice that basically, you know, she should have passed away during the time in which she had her surgery. Spice said that, you know, Erica Mena's son hate her. She's a bad mom. Um, and that all she's worried about is safari. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Due to the backlash of Erica Mena saying monkey because monkey is considered a racial racial slur because in the south they were calling black people porch monkeys during slavery they compared us to monkeys we were three quarters of a human being much like monkeys that is how they compared us we were three yeah three-fourths of a human therefore we could not vote because they compared us to monkeys and gorillas so yes it's a racial slur Right. Um, so they, you know, they fired MTV because Love and Hip Hop in Atlanta is now on MTV. MTV decided to part ways with working with Erica Mena, um, due to her argument with Spice. I don't really give a shit about her being fired, not being fired. I don't give a fuck. Like, it is what it is. My thing is, you know. I feel like the the way that MTV responds is very performative due to the fact that there are several people on that network that have made racist claims in the past. I know for a fact on Team Mom that uh, Farrah came back to MTV after making racial slurs and saying very problematic things. They brought her back and then because of the backlash of it, they took her ass off again. Um, I know Taylor from Team Mom. She's married to somebody, baby dad. She was in racist shit on Twitter. And their family is still on, you know. She has been seen since then on MTV. Um, MTV in itself has a very racist fucking history. So I'm not making excuses for Erica Mena. I'm I'm more so I don't give a fuck whatever happens to Erica Mena being fired. The bitch should be fired. You should watch your mouth. At this point, you know what the fuck you're saying. And nobody's about to keep coddling you and nobody's gonna save your job because you feel like because you grew up around black people, you can call motherfuckers monkeys. And like I I think I did talk about this before. There is nothing in me I have never had an argument with a person of Latino descent and ever said a fucking slur to them. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. And I lived in a Spanish part of this city for years. For like five, six years, I lived in the Spanish part of my city. I had an argument with a Spanish girl that we was about to come to blows because she was very disrespectful to my elderly black neighbor. And not once did it occur to me to say a fucking slur to her because it's not a part of my vocabulary. I probably would look at you crazy for even saying it to her. So it's a way to argue you could do all of that. I read that bitch down the filth. Ain't not one point. And she ain't call me no nigga either. So it ain't one point neither one of us even said a racial slur. She just had my elderly neighbor 
fucked up because you don't disrespect no elderly person and you know and then she tried to argue with my mama and then you know I ain't about to have that so I jumped out my sleep once I heard my mama arguing but that's another story if y'all ever want to hear my story times just let a bitch know because yeah but I got in an argument with her and her man and at no point did I ever say a fucking slur to them I called them dirty motherfuckers because that's what they was. But that ain't no fucking racial slur. I'll call anybody a dirty motherfucker, you know. But, yeah, that was about it. So I think Erica Mena, you know, you deserve whatever, you know, for them to fire you. That's the chance you took when you said that shit. Anytime you say some racist ass shit, that's the chance you take. Just like the Uber driver that wanted to call the YouTube girl that he didn't know that she had hundreds of thousands of followers on YouTube and he was an Uber driver and he called her a hard R N I G G E R hard R to her face and said, that's what she acts like when she was quietly sitting in the damn car. And then he got fired from Uber. And I think from whatever his main job was. Yeah. Stop playing games like that. These are the repercussions when you do shit like that. You know, so Erica Mena, I don't have sympathy for that. But what I don't appreciate is MTV, once now that Love and Hip Hop is on y'all station, that y'all are trying to pretend as if y'all don't have a racist history. Y'all don't have other people who have made racial slurs. Y'all have plenty, plenty of it. And I don't have all of the people, but I know for a fact a lot of the times on real on the real world, all the real world shows that come back on Paramount Plus where they're doing a reunion, we're talking about racism. We're talking about um, the fact that there were Karens before we called them Karens. We are having those conversations and the racial um, tensions that arise during the real world days and the road rules and the challenge and everything else, Jersey Shore, everything the fuck else. So let's not act like we're super inclusive. Let's talk about the fact that even shit, the fact that MT, uh, what is it, Wildin' Out don't even, they don't even get what they deserve from y'all. They just started getting invited to the VMAs and everything else. Let's talk about the fact that y'all barely acknowledge Black artists during y'all shows. So if we're going to talk about racism on MTV and what you won't tolerate, let's talk all about the shit y'all do tolerate. Y'all tolerate a lot of racist shit, but y'all made it a thing because y'all don't give a fuck about black and brown people the way y'all want us to. And no, I don't think Erica Mena is innocent and I don't think that she should keep her job. I think that she ran the risk, but I just find it very funny for a network to say that they don't condone certain things when you absolutely have in the past and you've made no apology for it. I just watched the fucking VMAs. Y'all have uh, Nicki Minaj uh, hosting, but the bitch was only on screen about three, four times outside of her performance. Like, be fucking serious. But if it was somebody else, if it was Katy Perry, Katy Perry ass would have been on there all damn night. And I ain't even no Nicki Nicki fan. We'll talk about Nikki later another day. I don't want to talk about her today. Lord Jesus. But yeah, MTV, I, I call side eye. Bombastic side eye. Call side eye on it. I don't believe I don't believe y'all give a shit about race relations. 
I call bullshit on it. I don't think y'all give a fuck about race relations. Um, just don't. I'm not convinced. You know, let's see some more black programming on there. Let's see some more artists run VMAs instead of just inviting them there to get the black people to watch. <sighs> I really don't like talking about these people on this show. I'm going to wait till later. So I'm going to get some good news. Let's talk about some good shit. Usher is headlining the mother, mother, mother Super Bowl this year. And baby, if the Eagles don't go to the Super Bowl, I'm having a Usher watch party. Because if the Eagles go to the Super Bowl part, Super Bowl, then I got to have an Eagles Super Bowl party because, you know, Philly. But if they don't, either way, it's a party. And we're going to call it the Usher watch party. Baby, I'm so ready for this because I feel like he been should have been up there. He should have been able to perform right after Beyonce did. Like, Usher is that one. When I say that this is going to be one of the best, it's going to be, I, I promise y'all, when this is all done, y'all are going to say the best Super Bowl performances were Beyonce, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson and Usher. Michael and his two children. Usher and Beyonce are the children of Michael Jackson. Chris Brown is the next branch, son of Usher. Y'all be trying to skip shit. Is James Brown, the father, Michael Jackson, his son, Beyonce, his daughter, Usher, his son. And then Beyonce and Usher have their own children. You get it? Y'all got it? Okay. So, Usher is performing at the Super... I'm so excited. I know. The thing is, Usher has the range. Usher has the vocals. Usher has the records. Usher has the good boy image that his counterpart, Chris, does not have. So, when y'all keep talking about Chris needs to do it, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Unfortunately, when Chris decided to put his hands on Rihanna that day... And continue to show his ass at like Good Morning America and all of this and all of that. He fucked up his chances to headline the Super Bowl because it's a family-friendly show that thrives off of advertisements. Advertisements that he has yet to be able to rebuild since that happened in 2009. And yes, it's sad, it's unfortunate he had a bright future ahead of him and he's still thriving where he can. But there are just certain things that Chris Brown will never ever be able to do because of everything is about image. And he is anti that image. Usher has worked for over 30 years. 30 years, I think, next year. 1994, 30 years. Usher has been building and working for this opportunity. Usher fucked up Vegas. Like, I, like, I really wish I was able to go to Vegas to see Usher. You know, he fucking ch- turned that bitch out. And as rumor has it, is that after the Super Bowl, after his performance, he is dropping a worldwide tour. I've never seen Usher in person. I will absolutely go see Usher um perform, you know, because I'm pretty sure Beyonce ain't doing another tour. So next year, it will be my Usher year. And I'll go get me some good-ass seats. Maybe I'll go to Atlanta. Yes, I should go to Atlanta to see Usher. 
Yeah, that's sound about right. It's giving go to Atlanta and see Usher and have a good ass weekend. Travel, get the fuck out this city because that's what I next year. I ain't even tell y'all my goals for next year. My next year, I'm telling y'all, a bitch is selfish and a bitch is outside and a bitch is leaving the town. When I tell y'all, y'all going to be like, damn, she recorded early this week or she recorded late because, bitch, I'm out of town fucking with my rounds. I'm getting the fuck out this city as much as possible. So, yeah, it's giving very much go to Atlanta and see Usher because you just got to go to artists' hometowns, apparently, because Beyonce showed her ass in Houston this weekend, but that's neither here nor there. But, yeah, so... I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm a big Usher fan. I love Usher. I think at my party, I'm going to get some fake Usher chains. And whoever sings the best karaoke before the show, because like I said, if the Eagles are not playing, then I'm not watching the game. But yeah, if it's just like, I'm just having an Usher party, we're going to have a ball. So I'm excited. Like I said, if you, and I'm telling y'all now, I want to see Usher and I want to see Usher in Atlanta. To anybody that is friends with me, that is going to be like, oh, you didn't tell me you were buying tickets to see Usher. Oh, I like Usher. This is your warning now. You should have listened to the fucking podcast. I'm buying tickets to go to Atlanta. And no, I'm not buying a bunch of tickets. Everybody can buy their own tickets and we just go and get dressed and go. So this is your warning. Atlanta, Usher. 2024 don't ask me no questions when it's time because i'm gonna be corner the fuck ready all right let's get into carrie washington i'm gonna pull up an article so carrie washington y'all know she's not somebody i always talk about but um this is very interesting i found it very very interesting so carrie this is from the jasmine brand carrie washington reveals she's had an abortion and opens up about learning about learning that her dad is not her biological father and she was conceived via sperm donor. Carrie Washington, how old was Carrie Washington? Before I look at this, I found it interesting because Carrie Washington is in her 40s and that would mean that she is kind of one, yeah, she's 46, almost 50. She would be one of the first people, first thousand, like she's really one of the first few thousand people to be conceived via sperm donor when it just kind of came into inception. So that's why I find it interesting. So let's read a little bit about why Carrie, what happened with Carrie Washington. I don't really care about the abortion shit. I don't know why like celebrities act like having revealing that they had an abortion is like, like it's fucking 1972. Like they went in the backwoods to get it. Like, Okay, girl, unless you're talking about women's rights and why it's important for women's rights and for voting reasons, I don't get the big reveals about abortions in 2023. Like, okay, you had an abortion. Okay, whatever. So actress Carrie Washington is letting the world know, world in on the ups and downs of her personal life. Carrie Washington made her debut in 1994 as appeared in many projects since then, including Little Man, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and For Colored Girls. However, she reached a whole career, whole other career level of fame in 2012, thanks to her leading role in the TV series Scandal. Despite being a household name, the mother of three has remained fairly quiet over the years about her role away from the spotlight until now. In her soon-to-be-released memoir entitled Thicker Than Water, Carrie Washington 
reveals that she had an abortion in her 20s. Don't care about that. So I'm skipping that part. We don't care. Um, Don't care about her abortion. Thicker Than Water also covers when she discovered that her dad, Earl Washington, is not her biological father. According to the memoir, Carrie found out the truth before she was set to appear in an episode of Finding Your Roots, a docuseries that, a docuseries that uses DNA testing to inform celebrities about their family history. After telling her parents she was going to be on the PBS series, Carrie soon received a text from them inviting her over to come chat. She was ultimately informed by her mom, Valerie Washington, and dad that they struggled with fertility issues and decided to use an anonymous sperm donor to help conceive her. Carrie addressed this major moment in her life while chatting with people and said, when I got this information, I was like, oh, I now know my story. I didn't know what my story was, but I was playing the supporting character in their story. Whatever. Her, her memoir, Thicker Than Water, is scheduled to be released yesterday, so it's out now, November 27th. I find it interesting because I want to say, when was the first, I want to say the first IVF, IVF baby, it got to be around the same age as her. Yeah, 1978. The, let me say the first, maybe that's different. The first um, sperm donor, baby. Oh, it was in 1964 in Tokyo. Let me see when it was in America. Okay, 1950s, 50s. So it's just very interesting because she's um 46 and it's like, that's a long time not to tell somebody that they were conceived via a sperm donor. Like when I say black families continuously have the craziest fucking secrets where it's like, why did you keep that a secret? Like, why would y'all not tell her like, I could tell my not saying something in the, like, early, you know, days when she was a kid, but not, like, why not in the last 20 years have y'all not had this conversation when IVF and sperm donors is such a natural and regular conversation at this point? Why would y'all fucking wait until this bitch is about to get on people? What if she was going to do that to surprise y'all? Y'all would have been so fucking embarrassed if she went on there and never told y'all she was going on this show, because somebody like me, I just be doing shit. I just be doing shit. I don't always like be talking about it with everybody. Like sometimes I just do shit. Like how fucking crazy is that? That y'all wait till this bitch is 46, but y'all gave her an idea for a damn book. Because to be honest, outside of this, and if this is the juiciest thing in her damn book and that abortion, and y'all done made her fucking book because I don't think Carrie Washington is that fucking interesting for me to read a damn memoir about her. So um, if y'all read it, let me know what y'all read. If y'all read it during the Glow Up Challenge, let me know. But this is about the most interesting goddamn thing about her, you know, to be honest. I'm not being smart, but it's not a lot going on when you, you know, it's not. One of the things I always say when doing a memoir, 
I just feel like everybody just does not have a super interesting life. And the stuff that's interesting, you oftentimes are afraid to talk about it. So um, good thing that they told her about this shit because that book probably would have been a snooze fest otherwise. Um, But yeah, I just find it interesting because that's a long ass time not to tell nobody. And she kind of, it would be like, she kind of was still, it was kind of still in an experimental phase because at that point they didn't know how the lifespan was for children that um, were conceived via sperm donor. And I also wonder if she had siblings. Hmm. And I wonder if she wants to find the sperm donor. I don't think I would want to find the sperm donor like because you know, it was like that doctor. I wonder if it's that, if they went to that fucking doctor that they had the documentary and he had 96 fucking kids. Child. Let me, let me get out her damn business. That'd probably be a whole nother fucking documentary to find out that Carrie Washington is one of their fucking kids. Child. All right, so on TikTok, before I get into the topic, I did want to talk about this. So on TikTok, um, I I don't know the man's name. It was a teacher. He's a seventh grade teacher, and he was talking about how it's very frustrating as a teacher to teach children that are not placed where they are academically, and that he finds it frustrating that there are kids that are in seventh grade, that are on math and reading levels of a fifth grader. And a lot of it, he said, possibly is due to the pandemic and because of the fact that they just pushed those kids through and they were left behind and they are struggling academically, right? And parents were offended because they were like, well, you're the teacher, teach them. And a lot of teachers are like, well, you're the parent. You have to parent them. And my thing is the bigger conversation is the education system in a whole. If you really, really think about it, right? I'm 32. And I just saw like somebody that I went to school with had um, a, a bunch of people I went to school with, like through elementary, through high school, have kids that are in high school now. So if you think about it, when I was in school, um, the Bush administration uh, was it the Bush or was it Clinton? I think it was Clinton. But the no no child left behind law became into act came into effect when I was in elementary school, meaning that they you couldn't leave children back like make them stay in their grade anymore. You had to do everything you could to enrich them, even with placing them in certain reading levels or groups or things like that. Um, you cannot leave children back anymore in a grade level and help them understand that was that wasn't a thing. So when somebody be like, "Oh, I got left back," that probably was before the No Child Left Behind Act because before you can't get left back. Like even when I was in high school, and um, somebody can get put in my grade, like somebody I went in in ninth grade, they technically didn't have the credits to be a 10th grader they went to something called credit recovery where they had to go after school to fix their grade from the previous year so that to turn it from an f to a d so that they can pass and be a full 10th grader and get their credit mind-boggling right yeah you know even with summer school 
they would force you to go to summer school so that you can make it to the next grade level um, and pass. So a lot of people did summer school, whereas summer school is really just a joke. They play around. The teachers don't want to be there. The kids don't want to be there. It's hot as fuck. Our schools aren't really set up to be equipped for um, summer school. And sometimes you have to pay for summer school if a kid is failing too many classes. Also, they started making us do standardized testing. And you could also go to have to go to summer school to pass the summarize, the standardized testing score. And I know that there were people that could pass the standardized test because, you know, teachers be cheating or that they only teach these kids to pass a test and they can't read, write, or comprehend or even remember how to do certain math problems. They just only know how to read enough to pass a test. So they were put in the next grade because they passed the PSSA and all of that shit. I think like we had like some called the Terranova test, all of that stuff. So I think the real issue is education in itself so if me when i was in school and like i said i'm 32 when i was in school if the no child left behind act was in fact and i know that i myself had classmates or people during my age bracket that were not great at reading were not comprehending didn't have the educational tools to learn grow at their pace didn't get the much you know didn't get much attention and were passed through school i remember i was in fucking seventh grade with a fucking 16 year old because she didn't have the credits to go they couldn't even pass her they had to put her out of my class and put her in a fucking program so that she can get her diploma she was copying off of my work in seventh grade. She was fucking 16, 15, 16. And they put her in a damn, like, we have this thing called Twilight. They put her there so she can get in her right grade and get her GED. Well, back then, Twilight, you don't get your GED. You get your high school diploma. So if now she has a kid, she these are now the parents the the children of the No Left Behind Act are now parents. Therefore, their children can only learn but so much from them because the system is still broken. The education system is still broken. These teachers unable to um, cater to the needs of their children. They're t- catering to the district and to the education standard that is set by the government for the most part. Or set if you are go to a private school, might be set by archdiocese. These teachers are unable to create their own lesson plans or deviate from the standards of learning that the teachers want to teach. Meaning, back in the day, sometimes your teacher can deviate and not go to the next section until her class or their class is on the same level and they're ready to go. Nowadays, they can't spend more than two days on the same subject. Because they are fine, they are they're following a statewide lesson plan, a nationwide lesson plan based off the school's performance during standardized testing. So it's a fucking rat race of teachers and parents arguing when the issue is the government and education as a whole. Education system failed the parents. Therefore, 
Now, these parents that were once children of the No Left Behind Act, their children just went through a fucking global pandemic where they didn't have teachers in front of them, tutors in front of them. Education was through um, the internet. And a lot of the times, parents were also working from home from this time and could not stop working. So all they could do was sit their kid in front of a laptop because they're trying to hold on to their job at the time because the fucking pandemic is going on and jobs were hard to fucking come by. Some people lost their jobs and had to Uber. So these kids during the pandemic didn't have much resources because there wasn't any to give. So now that they're in seventh grade, and these teachers are frustrated because now they're arguing with parents about why their kids are having trouble reading. Why the kid didn't, uh, why didn't they pass a workbook? Because the workbook or like the worksheet that was given is higher than their comprehension skills. But because of the education system, said seventh grade teacher cannot deviate and work with these kids to bring them up to speed because he or she cannot deviate from the lesson plans sent by the fucking education system. So at this point, that is why we need to vote. That's why you need to do surveys. That is why you need to enter, go to forums. That's why you need to be an involved parent. That's why you need to be an involved citizen, go to town halls, Talk about these things. Talk about the education system. Get to know the superintendent. Bring your ass to the fucking school board. Provide tutoring for your child. And as fucking educators, advocate for your fucking students. And this is why the education system, not only that, they deal with y'all children. Y'all children are fucking disrespectful. And we always want to talk about how these teachers are um, and experience because y'all burnt out the fucking experienced teachers that can help mentor them y'all burnt them the fuck out y'all have them in fucking classes with 32 goddamn kids and they only making 50 60 thousand a year and y'all don't provide them with school supplies so of the 50 60 thousand that they're making they're inputting another 10 bitch into their classroom throughout the year and every other need that these kids need, let alone if they work in a fucking city. Then on top of that, they got to pay motherfucking student loans. And a lot of teachers are forced now to get master's degrees. So while they are teaching kids, they can't even keep a bachelor's anymore to keep teaching you are forced now to get a master's degree. So you're fucking studying. The kids are fucking studying and you don't have the motherfucking time. So yes, the education system is fucked up. These teachers are frustrated. They are taking their education and they are taking their background, their experience and putting it into new fields because they're they're not being compensated. They're not appreciated and everybody treats them like shit. And they're tired of arguing and going on strike about fucking having a living fucking wage that we all strive for if you fucking force us to go to college for these degrees, for these jobs. Everybody's not running to be a teacher when you do not want to pay them. Education is fucking staggering. But you want, you act like there's a teacher shortage, but yet no one has created a status quo for teachers to get paid. Y'all got a standard for doctors? 
for fucking basketball players. You can sit on a motherfucking bench at the Sixers and ride the bench and only fucking work out with them three, four times a week and get 100K. But a teacher that fucking is fucking, this city is fucking bombs over fucking Baghdad, fucking dodging bullies and hard not life and fucking being Mr. Clark every day. They getting disrespected, spat on, talked crazy by fucking parents and the students and the education system. And they're not getting paid shit and they are told to pay for their fucking supplies for their classroom but can't even be creative and understand, hey, little Johnny is a visual learner. Let me create this. I can't because tomorrow we have to be on the next subject because the PSSAs or whatever the standardized test is in April and they had to learn all of this by April. So it's a freaking rat race when at the core of it, it's just a fucked up ass system that everybody is in and the person that's suffering the most is the, is the child. And because there is no one else to help them. And I'm not trying to be far smart. I'm not trying. I think a lot of people are doing the best they can with what they got, but what y'all got ain't enough. And it's not y'all fault that it's not enough because the education system failed them parents too. And the more we understand it and recognize it and not be embarrassed by it, the better off you'll be. Everybody doesn't have that natural gift of education and understanding and learning. Some people need more attention. And if you didn't receive that attention as a child, it's very hard to downpour that into your kid. And I can tell y'all everything that my mom did for me and my siblings to help us learn, help us get ahead and be forward thinking and help with our education and add on to what we learned as teachers. But at this point, that's fucking fruitless because the education system did not help you. So it's hard for you to help your child. My only suggestion is if you feel like your child is behind, I would try to get with a little tutor at a local college and pay them to like help them out with their homework, give them some more challenging work, work and find out what their learning behavior is. Like, how do they learn? Like when I went to college, I say I didn't, when I was growing up, I didn't think like the education system followed me because I always excelled at school, right? But I was in low-performing schools, so the work I was getting was probably not even that great. I was excelling past my peers because the standard of education was low in my cl- in the classrooms. When I went to fucking college, I had to realize I didn't know how to study. I never had to study. I always made honor roll. I never studied a day in my life. I would always learn stuff in class and remember it. I could write a paper like that. Even in college, write a paper like that. When it comes to studying and passing tests, I was fucked up. I had to learn how I study, the best way I study, the way that helps me remember things and comprehend the word, how I couldn't be in a house. I had to go to the library. I had to write stuff down. Like I had to relearn all of that because I never had a reason to study because the performance levels of the schools I attended were not that great. Fucked up, ain't it? It fucked us all up, honestly. So, oh, I was going to talk about Krishana Blueface, but fuck Blueface, and I hope they lock his ass up. Um, Anyway, back on to the glow-up topic. So, um, 
Megan, this has been a conversation I've been having a lot lately because, like I said, like, she be happening in all our lives. And I had a, you know, like, conversation with my my friends. I was just like, look, life is happening around all of us. And while we're all trying to be there for each other, shit just happening. And we're just all doing the best we can to be good people to each other. But, like, life is just life. And when I went to church... He was just like, like, the pastor was just like, you know, there's always going to be something in life. There has, since the beginning of the time, there's always been, you know, strife. There's always been hardships. There's always been something happening. And, um, you know, and I was talking to one of my friends about that. I'm like, you know, we just do our best to be there for each other. But like, at this point, she just keep happening and we are just pushing through it as best as we can. And at this point, it's okay not to be okay. And Megan Thee Stallion just launched a campaign that stated as well. And um, a part of the reason why I wanted to do the Glow Up Challenge is because everything isn't okay all the time. Like everything isn't super positive all the time. Everybody isn't optimistic all the time. Shit just keep occurring. And I feel like sometimes you just have to acknowledge like I'm not doing okay. I'm doing the best I can with what I have. I am happy to be here. I am content. I might not feel happy every single day. I may not be sad every single day. Every day, you know, I have experienced trauma. This is going on. Every day is something new. It's five fucking things happening at once. And I'm just trying to keep my head above water. And that's very honest. And I feel like it's just at this point, once you acknowledge like, I'm not okay. I'm doing the best I can, but I'm not a hundred percent. I'm at a good 75, but if shit keep happening tomorrow, I might be at 62. And that's just how it is. Whether it's our children, whether it's our relationship, whether it's our work, whether it's family, whether it's health, whether it's everything in between and things that you didn't even think of, it's okay not to be okay with it. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be, to feel sorrow. There's okay to be, you know, frustrated. It's okay to want more. It's okay to, you know, have a moment of imposter syndrome. There, It's okay. All of these emotions are normal. Like I said, I never want to be a person that y'all listen to and then y'all like, yeah, that bitch wake up and she happy every moment. No. The fuck I ain't. But through this challenge that we're going to go on and this glow up, I'm going to do my due diligence not to add any other issues onto my life. Like I'm going to make a conscious effort to, when I'm not feeling well, to pull at these resources, pull at these tools to try to help me. If I'm at 62, at least if I listen to something positive the first thing in the morning, I can at least get to a smooth 75 by the time it's time for me to clock in. I can at least, you know, before I go to sleep, instead of just having anxiety and stressing and worrying about things that I cannot change, at least I can read um, a book that would make me feel at peace or listen to a podcast that would make me feel in peace or like whatever it is, maybe move my body to help release some of my anxiety and some of my worry from my body. And I can have a little bit of endorphins to get through the day or to start to get some sleep. You know, it's just okay not to feel like 
You know, you don't really know how you feel. You just feel like you're there. Because I've had moments where I don't know if I'm happy. I'm not sad, you know. And some of those times it's just like, I just, I feel like I'm existing, you know. And I know that feeling of just existing, it's a hard feeling to have because you feel like, well, what's the purpose? What am I doing with myself? Am I not doing it a lot enough? And it's just some days you're just existing. Some days you're thriving. Some days you are feeling amazing. And some days, you know, you don't feel anything. You just like, whatever, it's Thursday. I'm at work, you know, <laughs> bitch, I'm here. And then Friday, you might feel great. By Monday, you might feel like life got you up against the rope and you trying to swing on that hoe. Like every day is fucking different. And I feel like, you know, sometimes it's hard to, you know, when someone's just like, hey, how are you? How are, How's everything going? So just our natural thing is like, oh, everything's fine. I'm good. I'm okay. And it's like, lately I've been telling people, ah, you know, I'm doing the best I can. That's all I can tell you. You know, some days I'm just doing the best I can. And that's great. And no, I'm not going to always be happy. And no, I'm not going to be able to pour back into people every day. That's another thing. And I'm not in a space. I used to feel like I got to pretend. And I still struggle with this to pretend to be happy to make other people comfortable. Like I'm not pretending to be happy, but I'm also not bringing misery around people. Like if I'm fucking miserable, I'm just going to say, listen, today just ain't the day. But, you know, maybe tomorrow, but I don't have it in me to kind of always kind of keep happy-go-lucky vibes for everybody. And, you know, when I'm not feeling well, I sometimes can't talk to somebody else that kind of have a sucky-ass personality where they're usually kind of in their feelings like Eeyore all the time. I don't have that. It's fucking draining me because... I listen to my little positive, you know, podcast or whatever, and I'm trying. I'm at my 80%, and your nasty-ass attitude might bring me down to about 63, and I just worked hard to get me to that 80 real quick. Like, let's stop it, you know? And I don't want to have to pretend to be 100% just to pour 50% of that back into other people. I need, some days, I need all my percents to myself. And you do too, because you can't look, you know, for me to pour it into you. You have to pour that into you. You know, if I'm just okay, like where it's like, ain't nothing wrong, you know, things died down. This is my new normal kind of feeling. I've been talking to people about that, of, you know, a lot of, like I said, shit just be happening around motherfuckers and you have to adjust to the new normal but they don't make you feel good about it. They don't make nobody feel good about adjusting to a new normal when you got your own pace. You got your own wants. You got your own needs. You got your own things that you're trying to do for yourself. And life throws you a curveball and you had to adjust to it. That's not easy either. So it's okay not to be okay. But I want to say, you know, it's okay to want to be okay. It's okay to want to be content at least for the day because when I say you're not okay that doesn't mean I'm miserable <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm miserable it just means shit is happening in life 
And I don't want to say I'm okay just to make you feel good. <laughs> like, I'm not. I'm sad. <laughs> I'm sad. I'm anxious, you know. Let's stop replacing I'm fine and okay, but use it with real action words, you know. Like, hey, how are you doing? I'm doing the best I can today, you know. I've been feeling a little anxious. I have some things going on, um, but I'm working through it. Or, hey, you know, I'm, uh, hey, how are you? I'm, I'm a little sad, you know. I, I, I have, am having like a little sad girl day, you know, sad guy day. Like, I'm a little sad, but you know, I, I'm, I'm gonna be okay, you know, soon. Like, I, you know, I'm working through it. But thank you for checking on me. Or, you know, I, I'm nervous. I start a new job tomorrow, so I'm a little anxious. Like, let's start putting real verbs and real emotions into things. Like, let's have real, you know, feelings. Because saying I'm fine and I'm okay or I'm good, that's not, and you're not, that's not helping nobody help you. And that's not helping yourself because now you're denying your feelings and you're pretending because now you just told somebody, oh, I'm doing good. When you say that to people, they think that opens the threshold to continue a conversation. But if you just don't have it in you, it's kind of like, I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just tired. I feel drained. You know, I'm a little overwhelmed. Say those words. Because when you, we say, you know, I'm good, we are good at pretending. You Like me personally, I feel like I have been so good at masking depression to people and masking anxiety, masking when I'm drained, when I'm not emotionally there, when I'm not like, I'm, I'm good at it. I have developed this mechanism since I was a kid. I know how to print tend to be okay with shit I'm not okay with and I'm kind of over that now so you know let's put real emotions out there let's stop saying I'm okay let's start saying what it is and if you are truly okay that's perfect that's great but let's get a little even when you're just when you're okay let's try to get better than okay let's try to get I'm doing amazing I'm feeling great you know, let's replace okay with I'm doing well, you know, things are actually good today. Today, I'm having a good day today. I'm having a good afternoon. <laughs> let's be honest, because the more you are, the more you're giving honor to your feelings and your emotions and you're no longer pretending. And um, hopefully... You know, because I'm trying this challenge with y'all too. I ain't tested out. We all doing this shit together. Hopefully, you know, we all feel good. Hope You know, hopefully this challenge helps us all out. So again, October 31st, October 1st to the 31st, we are doing our Glow Up Challenge. You can find all the rules on our Instagram and our Twitter and our TikTok. Instagram is JST Let It Glow. Everywhere else is Just Let It Glow. So um, email me at justletitglowpod at gmail.com if you have any questions regarding the challenge. Again, October 1st, I'm going to go live 
later that evening and go over the challenge with y'all. It officially starts this Sunday. Let's get our week started, right? Let's start our becoming our higher selves. Let's work on ourselves together. You know, this is going to be a test for me too, because I'm not, I'm just like, yo, I hit the social medias up when I wake up. I'll, you know, I don't always listen to positive, feel good music on a wake up and I don't always wake up earlier on time. And I'm always, you know, and I don't journal as often as I want or I read as often as I want. So this is all something that we all can do and even uh, grow together and you, you guys can give each other advice and we can all learn something. So we're going to do weekly check-ins more than likely on Sundays. So join us every Sunday, the month of October, and let's get this thing going. Um, I appreciate you all for listening. Um, I hope you all join the challenge. I hope that you tell your friends to join the challenge. Um, um, I appreciate you guys always for your support. Um, I feel it continuously. Even when I was out, I was seeing that so many people were going back and listening to episodes and um, following the page and sharing it with your friends. I appreciate you guys so much. And I can't wait to experience this next level of glow up with you all. Um, So, yes. We're going to be total different people come November 1st. And as Eric so eloquently mentioned that's his birthday so happy birthday to eric um hopefully he joins the challenge and he can get him a glow up before his birthday so all right guys enjoy the rest of your week new month new goals new glow up on the way talk to you soon